What's going on, everybody? And welcome to another episode of Hollywood Already Did It, your movie podcast for whenever movies are rebooted, remade, sequelized, adapted, or are otherwise not original and not new, and analyzing why we think these things are coming back, what they're doing right, what they're doing wrong, and why these franchises persist. As always, I'm your host, Blake Schultz, and with me is Terrence Tatum. Hello, everyone. And joining us again, but for the first time in a while, is Matt Kanapka from the Killer Horror Podcast. Matt, how are you doing? Hello, good to be here, guys. And uh, we are once again in a week without a big remade movie in theaters as August uh, closes out the summer with Bullet Train, which I think is a remake, but I'm not going to do it for this show because (laughs) Hulu had a surprise hit bringing back a franchise we all love dearly. It is time to talk about Prey and Predator and this fantastic movie that I feel like everyone's been speculating about. It showed up to incredible reviews at Comic-Con, incredible reviews when it came out. I haven't really seen one bad thing about it. Predator is back. We're in a new place we've never... There's so many new things that we do in this movie that I want to talk about, both in the Predator franchise and in like film in general. There's just so much that I haven't seen. But before we get into all of that, uh, what did you guys think of Prey? Matt, I'll uh, let you jump right in. Listen, guys, uh, this movie was a goddamn sexual tyrannosaurus. So, <laughs> uh, to quote Predator there, um, no, it, it was fantastic. You know, look, so you mentioned all of the hype sort of being built up around this. And, you know, we live in the modern age where we're kind of used to a little too much hype and, you know, not meeting expectations. And so I definitely went into this with sort of the feeling that, okay, there's no way it can be this good. We've been soured by Predators, we've been soured by The Predator, both of which I do like, by the way, but are not as good as the originals. And, you know, so I just expected, okay, we're going to get another decent, you know, at best Predator film. And no, Prey is fantastic. You know, this is, from the beginning, uh, a sort of thrilling hunt that just takes off, never lets up. Uh, I loved the, I loved Amber Mid-Thunder as our main character here. She was phenomenal. I love the action in it, the gore, the predator. The predator looks fucking amazing. (laughs) Um, I I could not get enough of this movie. I've watched it a few times now, and I like it more and more every time. Terrence? Uh, Trackenberg is two for two with me. Uh, And he's done these, both of his films, surprisingly, have been these, like, we're filming something else, but it's really a a follow-up to uh, a (laughs) beloved franchise, which is pretty, pretty, pretty fantastic. Tim Cloverville Lane, I love, and this one I love as well. This this is fantastic. Like I was smiling from ear to ear. I love survival, survivalist horror, survivalist thriller. That's what this is. And anytime you give me a, a female protagonist who is as badass as, as, as Naru is, uh, I'm sign me up. I'm in. There's some shots in this that I actually the first time I watched, I had to rewind it just to be like, wait, what? Did that really just the um overhead shot in the grass? Yeah. Like, what the fuck are we mm-hmm. doing right Stay now? on that longer. Why did we only cut to that <laughs> twice? That was so cool. <laughs> this is insane, right? I was like, well done, sir. Well done. And from that, I, he already had me at that point, but that one I was okay. Now you have my undivided attention from this. It, point. Let's go. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, is it's a beautiful movie on top of being a great predator film. Yeah. You know, like it's gorgeously shot, uh, really well done. And then like even just the the hero shots of the predator. You know, like just the the reveals of him and just kind of like showing off just, you know, how intimidating he is. Like even those just had me sitting there stunned, you know, like the first time, like when the predator takes out the bear and the blood's just like 
spilling all over and that's, that's how gorgeous, we see it that's a gorgeous <laughs> shot right like that's how we shot. see it for the first time it's yeah. like holy shit that's awesome <laughs> yeah it's beautiful oh yeah i i'm right there with you guys uh i agree with matt i spent like half a day concerned that this was what was going to end up being just like a pretty okay movie but we haven't had a good predator movie in a while so we're all going nuts uh <laughs> but it is in fact an incredible predator movie I would say, you know, nothing's ever going to top the first one. I have a very soft spot for the second one, but it is so close to both of those two movies. It's almost become like a Neapolitan ice cream of just, do I want like wacky New York comic book neon predator? Do I want the original or do I want this very unique, different movie? Uh, Because to both of your points, we're in a whole new setting. We have not really done much in Vinland or Native America before the colonialization that I can think of in a movie in years. I think the closest I've seen in any media is Vinland Saga and going to Vinland and Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which was great, but uh, you got to love all that. I love there's a, a whole Comanche dub. I don't know if either of you watched it that way. I did. Um I need to finish it that way because I like halfway through a part of me just felt like, oh, the actors, they just sound so modern. And then when you kind of get them talking to the uh, colonial, the Frenchmen, and they're both speaking English, I was like, oh, I almost think this makes more sense to watch completely in Comanche. So you almost know, do they understand each other in these scenes? Are we... Mm -hmm. Are they speaking French and they're speaking Comanche, but they're just letting us all speak English because of how lazy so many of us are. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, no, the, the Comanche dub's the way to go for sure. It definitely brings the authenticity to it that I think is part of the appeal of the movie. Yeah, it's, uh, I really dug that they took the time to do that authentically and they really went and figured it out and got translators and did all of this homework to really make this movie uh, something special but yeah that overhead mm. shot with the blood trail was something mm. that i just i just hope everybody steals from him and is in every movie because the first time we did it i was like dope love a cool overhead shot really good time and then it did it again and i was like the blood is following them and i want to watch the blood follow them and i want to watch the invisible predator um i loved this predator also it made me it made me kind of think about like just the timeline of what we've seen which i'm sure a lot of people have done now but and how I because I guess it's like more in the lore, I think this is more in the AVP movies and the comics they get into of like, oh, they sort of base, they come down and disguise themselves. It's what's around, which is why he has this awesome bone mask and this like camouflage arm, and he's using like arrows. But I also felt that the camouflage like was worse than the what we see in Predator. It wasn't as translucent. It's flashing yes. red sometimes. It, it, I thought I thought that was brilliant. And, the, you know, part of the fun of this movie, as you mentioned, is that we kind of get, you know, we're not just going back in time to an earlier America. We're going back in time to an earlier Predator, you know, and kind of seeing sort of where their weaponry was compared to where it ends up in the originals. And you're absolutely right. Like, that was part of the fun is that, uh, Trackenberg had the thought to include the fact the Predator's camouflage technology does not look as good or is as effective as it would be 300 years in the future. You know, so I, I noticed that too, where like you can always pretty much see it and it's a bit clunkier in the sense that it kind of looks like, uh, 
it, it reminded me of the invisible suit in the new invisible man yeah you know, where it's got mm-hmm. where it's got like all the little like a honeycomb on. pattern yes exactly and it, and so it's not exactly uh perfect as opposed to where you saw in the original where it's basically just you know a flat invisibility you can't right. see anything <laughs> so so no i thought it was great and then of course seeing all the older weaponry and how it used to be like there's no laser cannon this yeah. time we have three spikes which is an that, that he has to go like recollect <laughs> which is awesome I was like, oh, he has to he has to pick them back up this is great right? oh i mean <laughs> it, it tickled so many of my like dumb weapon video game things where she's got the axe wrapped in the rope and i was like oh my god i love this i would just want to throw the axe and pull it back to me whatever a weapon could come back to me the arrows flying to him zooming around mm. i was like this is some like wanted versus god of war stuff and i'm so in and even just watching the predator because i guess we still don't know if this is the first time that he's on earth or not he does like the one-on-one with the dog and the one-on-one with this rabbit and like kind of watches what he's doing and i was like oh it's really it's doing the work like i I, so many big action movies now don't take 45 minutes of a movie to just be like we're going to show you the hunt how she's learning to hunt how it learns to hunt how they're going to study each other and then we're just going to go crazy well yeah i think it's really important because i mean obviously we know this because we're predator fans but like there's some people who might go into this film not really knowing what the predator is and i think taking the time in that one sequence where you're watching the predator watch the bunny get chased by the wolf you can clearly see in this moment he's like okay the bunny is the prey that guy's the champion so I'm going to go after him because that's the one that actually is the quote unquote uh, dominant species here. Mm-hmm. And, and he takes him out. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. No, this is one of my favorite things about it is that we actually take the time to be with Naru and to kind of get a sense of the world, you know, before we get deep into this action packed hunt uh, that we get in the second half. And, and that's something that I think people kind of forget a little bit too, is that, you know, it used to be like this, <laughs> all the time. I was going to say, some of the best films are like, all right, the first act, act and a half is going to be primarily set up right. so that we can go on this crazy batshit ride for the for the third act. Right, but like many many of the best horror films, sci-fi horror films did that. I mean, for God's sakes, the alien doesn't show up in Alien, like the chestburster, until like 55 minutes in. Right. In the original Predator, he doesn't show up until like an hour in. Granted, we get a whole, you know, fight at this camp that kind of, you know, pushes the action a little bit before then, but... But you still don't actually see the Predator until an hour into the movie, you know? So I really love that we kind of went back to that instead of sort of doing what the previous two films did, in particular, The Predator, where it's just like, here it is. <laughs> no, gone, no suspense. Thrown we've right gone at to you. a fast-paced, like, I want, I want everything now, I want it all now, mm-hmm. and removed any form of tension or suspense, which I think the last few Predator movies have all lacked. Uh, the AVP ones and then the last yeah. one that Shane Black did. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, yeah, AVP is a very specific niche of those, those franchises. Yeah. I'm like, that I was really, just going to be big really comic action. I really those in there with them. Yeah, because those are like completely different types of films. They're like, I was going to put these two together and just have go both But it's, out. you know, it's funny. I mean, even like Independence Day and The Matrix are like dramas for yeah. the first half. Like then, then mm. something happens and then we it, go. It's just so relieving because it's like, you know, this is something that I do miss from a lot of our big blockbusters now or, or you know, these more expensive films is that it used to be about the character and we've kind of gone away from that a little bit. And I love that this goes back to, no, we're going to let you actually spend time with Naru and this world and be with the characters before we throw all of the 
horror in action at you. So it, it was really refreshing, honestly, to go back to that. And I think that's a big part of its success. I think the other thing that I thought was really refreshing is I also saw Bullet Train this weekend, which I didn't hate. I liked fine. I but I. It, I saw it as well. I was like, I will say like that, The Gray Man, Red Notice, uh, Man from Toronto. A lot of these like big budget action movies seem to be learning almost the wrong lessons from Marvel. And everybody's just doing quips and being funny. And there's no more just like serious character and relief. And you go back to like Mm. T2 and Predator, there's comedy there. I mean, we do a whole shtick in T2 of John Connor being like, I'm going to teach you different words. No problemo. (laughs) Stand on one foot. Like it's there, but but it's, but the Terminator isn't doing like cool one-liners before. And Sarah Connor's not like being witty. See, even, even within that shtick of him teaching him, it's a it's a human moment though. It's a character it's, moment. It's yeah, a, yeah. Right. It's a character building moment. That right. and, the quips and, and, that we get in these films. The Red Notice is probably one of the worst ones in that at doing that. But it's just quip after quip mm. after quip. Like they're like, oh, I, this whole movie is just I'll quip you. But Gray Man, that's why it loses a little bit of that. That it's a beautifully shot film, but it loses a lot of the heart because you're like, I don't care about any of these people because you've just been quipping right. caricatures of people. And, and the mistake a lot of these movies make in trying to imitate marvel is that they seem to forget that like marvel is a fan base that's decades 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 old you know like with characters that are well known that people are going to these movies to see that they're familiar with right they're comic and, book movies and, and they, they like have an, and they have a previous install base like the films right. before did some of the character work so that when we in this film we don't have to do that again whereas these films are coming out straight out the gate and you're like all right bullet train you just gave me 25 characters on screen explain them all and i still don't know who the hell any of these and are. and they right. most of the time know one to pull it back like wandavision yeah. wasn't really like a quippy witty wit like thing and neither was black panther or some of these mm. other movies but the marvel aside i really mm. appreciated that about prey where i was like oh i really am just like in this hunt with these characters there's some like levity and comic moments with the her family and friends but it's never like too much and you know, I don't think there was any big, like, cool line after she killed the predator, although I would not have minded some, like, you, get away from her, you bitch. <laughs> you bitch. You're never going to beat aliens, though. I, 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 will, I will admit the one thing that's not in this predator that I missed just a touch is what we got from the first two films where you do get that great predator one-liner. You know, like, what the fuck are you? Or whatever, you know. Like, we, we didn't have that moment from The Predator, which is fine. It obviously doesn't fit the film that we're in. Right. Uh, but I did miss that just a touch. <laughs> I was really, because I, I think one of the biggest out of place, and this will be a good segue into the sequels of the franchise in general, uh, I think one of the weirdest moments in Predator 2 is when they're like, you're one ugly, and the Predator interrupts him to be like, motherfucker. As if <laughs> as if the story of Predator and Dutch has been like told on their planet. And this Predator was like, I already know what you're going to say. What you're well, and a well, party's well, like, are they the going to try to bring in that line somewhere in this well, movie? Well, I mean, this is the thing. is like, as ridiculous as it sounds, I guarantee you that that story about Dutch and the Predator is in the predator cultures <laughs> and then is they that, call us an a, ugly motherfucker which i just thought was mean guys i mean <laughs> but that but that's why i love predator 2 so much is that that movie was like we're going for just the hard like 90s action r and we're going all in on it you know oh like it's, that, it's that movie, great it knew exactly what it was so it was great but no 
Um, what was the question? (laughs) I was just going to swing us into kind of like, so the first predator, obviously incredible, took everybody by storm. Uh, I think a big part of why it became the big franchise was like, you had Arnold, you had a giant alien. We were in kind of like a wave of eighties action movies, but we had never really done this, like boil it down to a one-on-one fight we certainly had never put arnold in a situation where he might lose mm-hmm. like i mm-hmm. think every other arnold movie before that was just like arnold schwarzenegger is here and he's the largest man here he's he going wins. to win this <laughs> right. uh, except for in terminator where he's the villain and he almost killed any of everyone anyways uh, <laughs> and then he came back <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so i was like i think there was a lot of that stuff but it seems like it just had diminishing returns like do you guys think like the 90s days there's something that they stopped getting right in predator to the predators predators and the predator i th- i think mctiernan who did the first one and did die hard though i'll use them both had a really good concept of the everyman and putting them against like all odds and mm. die hard and predator both do that where we're taking this guy this this in that case a team but it's basically arnold's uh is the lead you're taking this team and putting them through the paces and they're they're out of their element they don't know what this jungle is not new to them uh i mean it's new to them and they definitely don't know this creature but it's like you putting the audience can relate to something where it's like oh my god I, I, that every man I, that could be me granted it's alien but they, like you could put that in that situation like oh crap that could be me how the hell do we get out of this like and you're watching it you're rooting for that person from that point on, we really didn't get that again. Uh, especially McTurner had a really good idea with cameras and suspense and like doing shots where everything felt so closed in and suffocating. Mm-hmm. Everything else, especially with Predators too. While I do like that because we're in the city, it's just much a lot more open. You lose a lot of that suspense. Uh, it just doesn't. It, it, it doesn't lend the, off the the setting doesn't lend itself to that. Um, for that mm-hmm. one. And then as we go AVP, that's that's a different thing. Yeah, that's a whole. Yeah. I... <laughs> I mean, similar thoughts here where it just, you know, it, part of it's because, look, we, the reason we often go back to originals, especially in horror, is that the first time it's new and it's scary and we don't know what we're getting into and that adds to the suspense of it. And and once you know, you know, that effect kind of wears off and it's why you often see most horror franchises eventually kind of evolve into being something a little more comedic, right? You know, like uh, Nightmare on Elm Street was a perfect example where like the first one is actually pretty scary. And then Freddie eventually just became, you know, a joke. Slapstick comedy, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Right, exactly. And and that's why, because it loses that effect, you know? And so that being said, like, I also agree is that McTiernan was just a better director. I mean, he just, he really understood the action element. I agree with what uh, Terrence was saying about the everyman thing where you can, sort of relate more a little bit to these characters despite the fact that you know they're all a bunch of giant ass dudes who would destroy us but (laughs) (laughs) well they sort Um, of do the original superman thing where it doesn't come down to his strength he has to like really outwit this thing and and this was the thing that that film got right that a lot of others didn't is that you know take aside from the suspense and all that kind of stuff is that it's not about the weapons you know arnold actually has to use his wits and his intelligence in order to defeat the predator. You know, it's funny. I saw, uh, inevitably, you know, I think a lot I of us probably, this. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it, inevitably, I think a lot of us probably knew that. You know, some of the criticism for prey would be that from 
basically the, the dude bro side of mm-hmm. media and whatnot would be that oh uh how how could how could a woman you know without big guns and whatever you know kill a predator like it was hard even for arnold and it's like motherfuckers did you see arnold did you see the first film? <laughs> right. The guns did nothing. It yeah. took out the predator with a fucking goddamn rope and a tree stump. All right. Like yeah. it's not about strength. It's not about your weapons. It's about your intelligence and, and, and knowing how to hunt in a similar way that the predator does where it learns your weaknesses and outsmarts you, you know? So, so that was what was so great about that first film is that, you know, Arnold has a whole group and they're all taken out, I oh think, God. within within 15 to 20 minutes of each mm-hmm. other, you know, and then it's just 25, 30 minutes of Arnold on his own. Right. And that's what a lot of these later films forgot. It's about that isolation and just this one on one hunt of intelligence versus intelligence. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. <clears throat> it's almost like they started because then, of course, Predator became video games and comics and this mass media and they fight the alien. And that becomes so much of the lore of both of these franchises. And I was like somewhere along the line, really probably around Predator 2, even we sort of forgot that, like, the Predator isn't just a strong brute. Because I feel like so much after in its expanded universe and maybe and maybe in the Predator a little bit, too, I'm like, yeah, it's just strong now. Like, it's just like a Hulk. Whereas like, mm-hmm. but that's what makes the Xenomorph so awesome is that that's the like unstoppable thing that you need a bunch of guns to fight. Like, well, th- well, this is the thing that both Predators and the Predator did is they're like, how do we, how do we make the Predator different? And and of everything that they could have done, they're like, oh, make it bigger, I guess. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. and, and they don't realize that that was never the thing that audiences were enthused with, with, the predator it was never about how big it is it's about you know what it is you know so so when we get to like giant behemoth predators it's like okay now we've we've lost it we don't know what we're doing and and it oddly like isn't more threatening like i don't know if anybody's ever been like beat up by somebody but if your bully beat you in a fight and then grew an extra foot the next summer you weren't like i'm more scared you were just the The, same amount of scared (laughs) (laughs) the thing the thing the thing's a goddamn alien with tusks for face and a a fucking laser cannon and whatever all right like i'm scared enough the size the size is irrelevant i think you know it's funny you bring up the laser cannon matt because we were watching it my roommate Zane, who's, who's also been on this show, we were both like, "Ooh, I really want now to like see a predator even further back in predators history, which won't really work for humans because eventually, like, we can go we way, way back yeah. and ignore. Like, obviously, there's more Earth history beyond just Native America, but like, it's <laughs> like, yeah, I kind of want to see a predator that has to fight without camo." Because, you know, once he gets the good camouflage and that laser cannon, he's playing with all the cheat codes on. Yeah. He's no longer yeah. the best hunter. He's just the best. Well, that's kind of <laughs> what I wish they, like, for the Adrian Brody Predators, that's what I wish they had done with that. Because that would have made that movie nuts. If you put take all the champions, all the people who are the quote-unquote murderers or, or, or uh, killers, and put them on that, that, that world, but then... The, the, uh, the alien the predators are there without their camo they're just regular regular as predators i think that would have been a cooler uh scenario than what we got i still like the movie i still like i'm one i like predators but it's one of those ones just like oh that could have turned that up just a little bit more instead of having like a tracker predator or a classic if predator. anything that's right. what like avp should have done it should have flipped the predator script and been like you know what the alien is going to kill the predators team 
And then the predator is going to be reduced to nothing. And he's going to have to do the witty fight the way Dutch right. fought the first predator. That's how you bring in. He knows the story of Dutch. And then the motherfucker line in predator <laughs> two works. Cause that predator could be like, you know, there was a story on our planet, which does has a name, but I forget what it is. And uh, he was very smart. And I'm going to do that to this guy. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, I, I want to make sure we don't forget to mention what we're talking about what was great about the originals and effective there can't not mention kevin peter hall kevin kevin peter hall is the predator look no no offense to anyone who's played the predator at later times i thought i might say this incorrectly dane deligero deligero mm-hmm. uh, who played it in prey i thought he did a really good job but kevin peter hall was a really fantastic actor in that suit and he did bring you know this personality and this intimidation to it and it was also, I think, just frankly shot better, you know, in the first two films, because something that, and as stupid as it seems to say, something that you don't really see in the later films is, is like even just minor things like hand acting, <laughs> you know, yeah. like just like just seeing, just seeing these little glimpses of the Predator where we're not seeing the whole thing, we're just getting pieces of it and, and seeing all the expression and the viciousness expressed through that. You know, you don't get that in later films because, again, we're just like, eh, it's the Predator now. You guys know I, what this thing is. We're not yeah, going to hide it. <laughs> I think that's the biggest issue with the, the post-Predator 2 films up until yeah. today. That they're just like, well, you've seen it already, so we're just going to show it to you. Here you go. It, yeah. Here's exactly. Yeah. And a bear and a dog. Stop. Stop. Please stop. Right. And, <laughs> Which, and, and Prey was smart enough to go back to it and be like, no, no, no. We're going to take our time. We're going to reveal this in mm-hmm. pieces. We're back to the feeling of seeing it for the first time so to speak so well i think you know that's something where this movie really succeeds because we've sort of now talked of like where it kind of dropped off and i think there is a uh even just like a, a cultural like why are we making these today for some of those predator movies it was like because we have the franchise and we must continue to make them <laughs> um and i will get to that with this one more because i do think there's a lot of like this plays very well today um but to Matt's point, there there is a lot of smaller parts of it, little bits of the arrow. We see those three dots, but then they move around and we're sort of subverting expectations. Mm. And I, I don't know why we never thought because the toys did it all that NECA keeps finding new predators to release every month. I don't know how <laughs> they were never just like, here's a different predator suit for this one. The jungle one and the city one are different. Here's the one that's on the battle world planet. And here's the Shane black one. And they're just a little bit different. So we can keep kind of doing those same tricks because, you know, the suburbs battle world, the city, the jungle and native and Vinland are all such different locations that it would make sense to do it. It's like, if we can do some dumb underwater Batman, we might as well have like the aquatic predator <laughs> who could go fight I, Napoleon or something. I mean, it does, it does feel like with a lot of these films, they just never took the moment to consider themselves. It's not like the planet that the predators live on is just like one little state with like a thousand predators living on it, right? Like you can assume that it's a giant world and just like our world, there are different continents, different ways of life you know different uh things that we all use and do and whatever so it's like they they never just took the second to think hmm maybe there are different varieties of cultures within the predator universe we've created something that's entire society is based around hunting prey but they should always use the same tactic never adapt right (laughs) 
because that works. <laughs> yeah, it was like, I, I really kind of appreciated the uh, uh, toyetic nature of this movie where I was like, yeah, I'm going to buy that Predator when it comes out. I'm, I'm getting that. That skull's oh, awesome. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I, literally, I literally just posted before doing this of like, I need an action figure right now. <laughs> I get Ran- I'm sure Randy over at NECA is hard at work and I'm sure this Wednesday, their Prince Day, whatever they call it, oh. is going to have all sorts of prey goodness oh you better believe it oh yeah <laughs> no more will we just have the snes dog from the game that we <laughs> <laughs> although those are great but uh yeah they I, are, they are. it's interesting i was like you know i've, I've said a thousand times we just got to go back to making toys just to sell to we got to go back to making movies to sell toys because that's how you just think of these new toys. suits that's yeah, how you George get these Lucas new stories right and ideas. <laughs> we got to make a stormtrooper. He's a little bit different because he's in the forest. We're going to sell it again for 10 bucks, but now we got to figure out a forest planet and a reason to be in it. Speeder bikes. Great. We would have gotten yeah. there if we weren't trying to sell you an extra toy at Christmas. <laughs> figure this thing out. Uh, no, I loved it. I think there was a lot of other things that it really went back to those basics. A lot of fun callbacks of even like getting into the mud and, we don't know that she doesn't realize that it doesn't see it, but even watching her discover that, I was like, yeah, this is what made this first movie great, was almost the mystery of how to fight mm-hmm. it. Right. The the one callback that I did have a moment of just kind of losing my mind, but maybe not the best thing was when was the very end when you find out that the gun that she takes is the one that's, you know, that the Predator gives him in part two. And I had this brief moment of thinking to myself of like, oh, this is actually a really depressing ending because that means they're all going to die. I had the same thought. When it said 1719, I was like, oh, I've been sitting here being like, oh, well, you know, they're going to beat this predator, but maybe they're not going to beat this predator. That that predator is some predator is coming back and taking that gun. Well, apparently, (laughs) you know, I watched it a little late and I clicked away at the credits, even though they're very beautifully done. But apparently, the last credit, the last credit has like three ships coming in onto uh, their town. And I was like, oh. So, so it's coming. Saying, Prey yeah. 2 is oh, yeah. coming. Yeah. Which a part yeah. of me is like, awesome. Give me Prey 2. And another part of me is like, no, guys, you figured this out. We should be getting a Prey movie every two years. And like Assassin's Creed, just drop me into a different time period. Anthology. I want, yeah. I want yeah. a pirate predator. That's yeah. all I want now. I want a predator to Matt just land on a Vikings? ship. I think you posted Vikings, I saw. Yes. Earlier. Yeah. Yep. I want it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, it, look, look, uh, pirates. Uh, that's actually there is a graphic novel I think where that's the original story for how the predator got that gun yes. was through a pirate story. It's very uh, pirates, yeah, that makes sense. Vikings, Vikings would be incredible. I would love to see that. Fucking samurai. samurai. Um, oh god, med- yes. <laughs> medieval knights yeah. would be great. I there, mean, fuck that- it. Throw one in World War Two and be like. Hitler was messing around with the occult and the predator, and just give me some I, weird trench predator movie. So, so I, actually, I actually said World War One for that because look, we get so many fucking Nazis. I'm sick. Of Nazis. I fucking hate yeah. Nazis. You know, fuck yeah. them. I'm sick of giving them screen time. But give me, give me World War, give me World War One, and a predator just stalking the trenches. You know? Now we we do like, have how to keep. Cool would that be? It would be great. Yes. My only thing is I'm like, we have to keep thinking of reasons for history to not record this Predator because we eventually have to fight Dutch and apparently even that's not recorded because they keep showing up later. <laughs> so we, we got to keep thinking of reasons why no one's reporting this. Like, I'll buy that the Comanche tribe... like Has no way of getting that information out. Like, and no even if they to... did, like, right. it's, it's gone. Like, there's right. a reason well, we don't get a lot of Native American period pieces. It's because we don't know a lot. Right. 
at least I don't. Somebody else who's smarter than me probably does. <laughs> well, I, th- I think, you know, I think there's a subtle explanation for all that because originally Arnold was supposed to be in Prayer 2, I think. Right. As, as part of the whole government thing. Like, I, th- I could be wrong. I think he was Gary Busey's character originally. I'm not sure. But so you can, you can assume there's secrecy within the government, right? And then, you know, Predator's uh, Lawrence Fishburne was originally supposed to be Again, Arnold's character, who's been kidnapped by them. And he so. was going to be the post credit scene that became the Predator suit. It was either going to be him or Sigourney Weaver. And I was like, what a... So you know what? Maybe this is part of the sequel with Prey as well, is it's the first Predator film that was like, you know what? Fuck you, Arnold. We're going to do... You're not in this not at in all. This at all. <laughs> you know what, man? We've been sitting new scripts since 1986, and he keeps shooting them down. Oh, no. Right. Done. <laughs> I bet this one, he'd be like, I would have done this one, but it wouldn't have made sense. But this is what, this is what I want. This is great. <laughs> Our Arnold's now like, come on, Terminator, me I do. send me back in time. First of all, Matt, yes, like a hundred and twenty percent. It'd be it'd be great. I'm not I'm not saying I don't want it. <laughs> Turns out that Dutch is what the seat they're modeling the future Terminators after. I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> I would watch the hell out of that. Not yeah, lie. that would be amazing. Uh, yeah, that's yes. If, if yeah, these all of these franchises, Alien, Terminator, and Predator, should be able to just be like, hey, once a year, we're just gonna have a movie, and then one of these three things shows up. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> in fact, I I said it to Zane, and then I saw somebody else tweet it, and I was like, I have to get better at Twitter because I had the same idea, and I was like, the next Predator movie needs to just be a movie that is marketed to us like a rom com or a something, and we don't know. And then the third act, they're like, ah, fucker, it's a Predator movie. <laughs> like, I just want to be, wa- I just want to be watching like Forgetting Sarah Marshall. I mean, and then halfway I mean, look- through, there's the Predator. <laughs> I love these surprise. Like, oh, yeah. I, I went in filming stuff and only people who know about it are the cast and crew and the studio. That's it. I, I love that because uh, we live in a world where we, unfortunately we get all our information. We get we get spoiled because we, we, we go down the rabbit hole. We don't want to we want to find out all we can. But I like this, like not going in and knowing it is like, until the trailer comes out. Oh, by the way, we've made a full ass Predator movie. So right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I love that shit, too. And I, I love that style of film. You know, like uh, like from Dust Till Dawn. Like that was fucking great. Yes. Where, yes. where half half the movie you're like, oh, this is some yes. kind of this is some kind of like Tarantino written, you know, crime thriller or whatever. And then halfway through you're like, oh shit, vampires. You know, like, <laughs> yes. like that, it stuff, was, uh... that stuff's great. <laughs> It was one of those things that like Terminator Dark Fate kind of kicked open where they sort of implied that like a bunch of T-800s had just been landing and Sarah Connor had been finding them, which I was like, that didn't have payoff. I really wanted her to end up having like an arsenal ready to go of repro, but whatever. Mm. And I was like, oh, well, then like, why not? Just it showed up at the wrong time. John's a pretty common name. (laughs) The the thing that I the, the thing I would also like to see more of is, you know, speaking of Trackenberg is like what they did with 10 Cloverfield Lane, where it's like, we found out about that movie, what, a, a month before it released? Yeah. You know, I want to I want to see more studios take that lesson of just being like, we don't have to start marketing this thing fucking three years out, you know, yeah. like, like get people excited and give it to them while they're still excited. Right. You know, what? one of my favorite uh, things with horror this year was when um was when the film x was announced and it not not just was that announced but it was announced that a prequel called pearl had also been shot and would be releasing and and as fans of ty west it was like holy shit i'm getting two ty west movies this year i didn't even know that was happening 
you know, like us fans love that stuff. And there's always going to be the fans that are like, you know, tell me a decade out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We just figured yeah. out that apparently half the Marvel fans need Kevin Feige to get on stage and go, here's just, the date for Avengers five and fine, six. Leave me fine, alone. Fine, right. shut up. <laughs> Stop yeah, right. bothering me. There they are. Bye. Right. There, there are those fans and sure. We love to get excited, but I want, I want to get excited. I want to be surprised. You know, I want to, I want to have something coming my way that I didn't know was happening and then actually get it. Well, I'm still excited. It's a big difference in getting getting told what you're going to get, and then like, cool. Now you have to wait four years to get this, (laughs) as opposed to (laughs) here's what you're going to do in two weeks. It's coming to you straight to your in this case straight to your television or into the theater. Which I wish this might have should have been in theaters personally. I would, so, I would like to see it in theaters. But. We're leaning into kind of the next thing I want to talk about before we're just like, why today? Is it relevant or do we just need some money? Um, but this is a, you know, we sometimes now do a like streaming versus theater situation. And I think Matt's brought up a lot of good points and good movie examples with things like 10 Cloverfield Lane or this or um, a lot of these big budget properties, I'll call them, that you would expect to have a Marvel, DC, Fast and the Furious budget to have giant, at, can be done shrunken down to, I don't even know what the budget for this was, probably 10, 15 million, 20 maybe. Probably. This is the one we can't, because it's a Hulu property. Yeah. They don't give, it, they don't give that out. And really. I think uh, to Matt's point of like wanting to be surprised, I think streaming versus theaters lends itself so well to just like a like a shadow drop of here's the new Predator movie. Hey, we've been making this thing in secret. It's actually the new Jason Voorhees movie, and it's going to be on Netflix. See you later. Uh, it kind of works the way like, you know, Beyonce and other artists have just every now and then been like, I'm a yeah. crash Spotify today. Like it didn't, uh, the movie wasn't good, but we, the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. Clover the Cloverfield Paradox. Like, guess what, guys? Yep. Films on. It's in your Netflix box right now. Go home. Like, wait, what? Yeah, and I, I was like, oh, excuse me? <laughs> I would have really enjoyed seeing this in theaters. I don't know that I needed to, because uh, I think I did a good enough job of just not looking at my phone and just, if I, the movie held my attention. Yeah. But a, a small part of me was like, you know what? I've been saying for so long, we brought up Bullet Train and Gray Man's and Red Noses and two of those are streaming movies, which are not good examples. Uh, but Netflix is now doing this like once a week, you get a giant mega million dollar action movie and none of them to me are really landing. And I'm starting to wonder if the better strategy for streaming movies is either like, what properties do we have that we can just surprise the fans with on a Thursday at midnight and just be like, Oh, there's a, there's nothing really on the schedule for theaters. Uh, Alien here. Guess what, guys? There was an egg uh, in a submarine. And it's, well, that's the same thing as a spaceship. But I was going to say pirates again, so that doesn't work. It's in a place you never thought it would be before. So here we go. Uh, Jurassic Park, but it's actually just a coming of age story. And there's a raptor that attacks the prom. Like, that's like. I think because you and I had this convo back when the 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 ladies Ghostbusters came out, is that the problem with that one wasn't, say what you will about the quality of the movie, that's dependent on whoever sees it. But the budget of that was insane. For for that type of film, it didn't make any sense. So then the newer yeah. one comes out for a quarter of what that other one cost. I'm like, oh yeah, that's a success. I think that's where we we all talk about the mid films don't get made anymore. Those 25 to 50 million dollars. And Terrence means like, mid, like mid-tier okay. budget, not mid the way a TikTok oh, oh, no. influencer yes. might use it. I'm, oh, old, yeah, I'm no. too old to talk about <laughs> like, Oh no, and this, is, and this is exactly my thought as well. And look, in particular, as a horror fan, this is something that is sorely missing in that genre are those mid-tier films you know because 
you know, with the way that theatrical sort of things are, are done now, it, it really is, there's no in-between. It's either you get these giant mega blockbuster, hundred million plus dollar movies, or you get, you know, the horror films that are like a million dollars, you know, and, and there's very few that are in between. And there's a lot of great examples of the movies that were kind of missing by not having that, you know, like Deep Blue Sea, uh, or Deep Rising, or I guess a lot of other aquatic horror movies that I love. Uh, you know, these were mid-budget movies that are great. They're like fun blockbusters, but they're not spending a ridiculous amount of money on them. And so they were able to be successful to some degree, you know? So I agree there that I think that that is a good place for some of these franchises for streaming, because we don't need $200 million alien films. You know, we don't need that much money spent on predator maybe that was part of the problem with the predator is they spent so much fucking money on that movie you yeah. know like yeah like, like the, the last the predator shane black predator was like 90 million before marketing right right which there's that, no reason a predator movie should cost that, that that's that's ridiculous and and it's so much pressure on everything to be mm-hmm. perfect and then you get all this studio involvement because of that you know and it's like no just make it smaller take things down a little bit and i think that streaming is a good place for that my one concern, though, there is that, you know, I, I am a, uh, a big believer in film preservation. And until I begin seeing streamers actually making an effort to release their films physically and make sure that they are being preserved in their original form, I'm hesitant to just say, yeah, drop every Predator movie on Hulu because I'm not sure that I'm ever going to have access to those physically and I don't want to wake up one day and Hulu's decided, you know what, guys? Oh, we're done. We're, yeah. We're taking all of our Predator movies off and you're yeah. just never going to have it again. <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't there with you until this last week when HBO Max just started to say, yeah. I was going to exactly. say, for a long time, <laughs> I was like, who would do that? And then Discovery was like, we would, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's the risk you run with it, you know? And I've heard stories too of like, you know, certain studios just take off movies that you bought mm-hmm. digitally with no refunds, you know? Or, or, I mean, fuck it, even, you know, the, the internet goes out and then you don't have access to your movies. Like, there's so many reasons that I think digital is great, but also there are things to worry about with it because, you know, there's so many films I've discovered just because of uh, boutique labels like Vinegar Syndrome or something like that or Screen Factory doing these restorations that I've discovered these movies that no one cared about. Mm-hmm. And it does just worry me that, you know, we could move into a culture where any studio, any time, could just be like, "Hey, all this shit that you love, it's gone. You're never going to see it again." You know, <laughs> it's it's interesting because I, I, at least for a while, Netflix was releasing Blu-rays of their shows. Like mm-hmm. I remember seeing Daredevil and Orange Is the New Black and Arrested Development. Black, one of the, and I think the first couple seasons of House of Cards had Blu-ray discs of them as well but yeah, yeah. that's that's all kind of stopped but uh, i mean those that home video sales did every year just shrinks more and more uh mm-hmm. which is part of the part of the issue is that like that's sales are going down and like a 4k is now like 40 dollars. like every now and then i'm like oh i don't know that I, I don't know that i for that's what i said about bullet trade to somebody i was like i don't know if mm. i 40 dollars for a 4k liked it but i liked it at amca oh. list oh right. for sure i mean it's it's a business decision you know like it, they're not making as much money off of those physical releases they used to and then you know if you're going through one of these boutique labels like i do it's like you know i'm out here spending 30 40 dollars for frankly a pretty shitty horror movie but you know but i want but to you have want it. to have it exactly you want to have it 
Right. Yeah. So, so it's kind of, yeah, it's, it's, it's a difficult situation that I'm not sure what the answer is to, but all the HBO Max stuff for sure has, you know, put it's, up, put up a warning sign for 100%. me. <laughs> yeah. like, you know, I, I, I want, I want prey in my hands right. so that I can know I can watch it. I can watch I it whenever I want. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of where my head is too. I'm like, wait, how do I make sure that this is always around if I want it? Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, sometimes, right. I mean, there's, there's smaller examples, but like dogma, most of Kevin Smith's movies are now, mm-hmm. I got rid of that dogma DVD, not realizing that that was just never coming back to my that life. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I true lies is another example that I'm pretty sure is like Cameron's just not re-releasing it. It's not streaming anywhere. Mm-hmm. Oh, there, there are cult favorites amongst horror fans like Fright Night Part 2, the original, that you just can't get. It's not streaming. There's yeah. no there's no copies of it you can buy anywhere. And and it sucks. It's a good movie, you know, yeah. but all these things are just being lost to time because of it. Yeah, but you're right, Matt. There is, a, there is no great answer. I just, this is one of the first movies that I watched and was like, you know what? There are definitely movies that I want to see in a theater that like I, I want to get on the yeah. ride and see. Like Bullet Train, I'm not going to pretend I didn't love watching it at IMAX. It was just like on this ride. But I was like, but I'm, I, but conversely, if I put that on streaming, I'd probably be looking at my phone because the characters aren't as engaging. The themes aren't as deep. I mean, I think you know more about uh, kind of the expenses that goes into this and the benefit versus the uh, disadvantage for studios. But, you know, I say, look, if you have a big release like Prey, which is this really popular franchise, you know, why don't you just day and date, same day release on streaming and then do like a weekend in the theater? Yeah, I was wondering why why it didn't have at least a small release. Like like right now, I mean, granted, it's going wider next week, but Bodies, Bodies, Bodies this week had a limited. Like, I don't know why you wouldn't just do a limited release at the theater. For those few folks like us who probably would have gone to the theater to see it, it's like, cool, here's your option to go see that in the theater. Yeah. Anybody else who wants to watch it at home, that's your option too. And then obviously you can take it out the next. I don't see how that hurts anything, especially in a weekend where clearly the box office is not anything that's huge you might i mean especially make that part of the marketing and make it like a grindhouse night at the draft house or amc like i amc now has so many dumb little circles over their movies are like the thrills and chills and the amc small (laughs) and i'm like why not have like an amc grindhouse it's just like or whatever you want to call it where they're taking two horror movies that are streaming on hulu pray and something else and just slap them in a dolby prime for two days and market the hell out of it you could have easily right. done a double fe- like put predator the original predator and this back to back i would have done that would have been, yeah, i would go now and do yeah. that if i could <laughs> right oh and that would make a great double feature for anyone listening like those two movies would work so well together <laughs> they pair together i will say for all the stuff we've talked about and like where the franchise has changed and gone wrong and gone right, this is probably the most similar to the first Predator that we've gotten. Like, I'm like, it, this is on a better double feature than Predator and Predator 2. It, it <laughs> is, and it, and it does it in a really fun way too, which is why I think that they would actually work really well back to back because the original Predator, you know, well, you don't meet the Predator until later on. The first half is like this action-packed, you know, action sci-fi horror movie. And then the second half is, you know, that kind of more uh, just Arnold versus the Predator kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Whereas this one is the first half is that kind of slow buildup. And the second half is nonstop action. So I kind of like that they sort of did a reverse, but are also very similar. (laughs) Yeah. So... (laughs) 
Well, yes, no, I would see Prey in a theater and I, I wish they did it for at least a weekend. <laughs> and I'm seeing yeah. that sentiment a lot. And it's very, it's very hard to predict if I'm just seeing like my film friends on Twitter and I'm in my little echo chamber and that would have been like two grand or if mm. like that would have been a $15 million weekend that they could have just tucked I'm away and gone home. Listen, I, I just say if Morbius can get re-released, all right, we can put fucking Prey <laughs> that's, that's in a it, weekend. It is interesting because we even have, uh, like later this year, Hocus Pocus 2 is going to be mm. a straight to Disney Plus movie, which I feel like has a huge a fan mass, following. One weekend, if you did this on a Halloween weekend, I don't know, I think that might be when it's released. You're gonna make so much money off. Of oh it. well, I mean, I'm already confused by it because Hocus Pocus two, I think, is releasing on September 30th. You know, yeah, so yeah. that's <laughs> terrible, terrible day. Yeah. It should have been released on Halloween, but <laughs> but no, I we agree. Don't... Yeah, I don't, I don't understand why that's not at least going into the theater for a weekend. So. Right. I was like, is it? Is it? Could be it be an AMC thing where they're like, we don't want your if it's going to be on oh, streaming that may soon. Not want streamers to be like, you're not putting streaming stuff. On, like if on like you guys y'all are taking our business, we're not going to give you more business. Like, could, I, be, could that be a piece of it? I could be it because yeah, I don't yeah. know. I'm not a producer on any of the movies, so I don't know if there's been. For all I know, the director and producer were like, yeah, we wanted a theatrical release and. Whoever's running AMC was just like, get out of my face. Like, no. (laughs) We would have loved to have had a Predator movie, but y'all decided. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, there definitely has to be a conversation there somewhere between them. Like, someone is not making the profit that they would like to because of that, you know, because of the sort of, I guess, battling of (laughs) the audience over the audience. Yeah. Uh, It's just, us fans want it. It's just unfortunate because we can't always have you know the things that we want because unfortunately it's a business and that how it works but right yeah it's it's you know i'm not every time going to get the thing that i really want but yeah right but boy did i get a good predator movie and that's really what i wanted like <laughs> yes. i'll tell you if i if if you were like hey a shitty predator movie is going to come out in theaters day and date with hulu i'd be like okay i'd rather <laughs> just have an amazing one on hulu without theaters i'll take right. that <laughs> I don't need to wish on a monkey paw for a Predator movie release and get The Predator 2 with Shane Black or something. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, poor Shane Black. Oh, he should have been so much better. (laughs) I mean, you know, the man makes a lot of movies I like. He just made a Predator movie that I don't. I absolutely (laughs) do not. Uh, Well, that's all I've got, guys. I I think we've like hit on to all of it. The other movies that we would have liked to have seen get more intimate. I think it's all all these old ones. Die Hard, Alien, Terminator, everything that started intimate, make it intimate again. We've covered some time periods we want to see. Unless there's more, I'll just rattle off time periods with you. The Salem Witch Trials, the Middle Ages. And we, I can do this all day. Uh, (laughs) Look, the, the thing that we didn't mention that I think is key here, no more fucking military people with giant guns. I think that's something that we've learned from Predator to now with Prey is we've done enough of that. We've done enough. Give us something else. <laughs> Unless we lose it right away. I right. will have one big gun for five minutes to capture the people who like need an action scene up front and then I want it gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we've learned that uh, the best survival stuff and the west waiting stuff is the people who don't have the massive guns like let's let's see the brains work work their yeah, way out of this turns right. out uh the dude who can uh, be invisible and have a lock on laser cannon is not going to be affected by your pistol no. <laughs> like who'd have thought and, and going along with the military dude thing like also you know i'm i'm good on seeing 
uh, all the fucking white dudes battling predators, all right? I don't need it anymore. Like, you know, I, th- I think something- that's why this rang with me even more is that mm. it's a person of color and it's a woman. I'm like, well, that's right. two for no, two. just that's just yeah, just hitting all the great marks, you know. Yeah. And, well, we're- and, and, and indigenous women, and this is the thing too that uh, I meant to say earlier is that we don't even get a lot of indigenous, you know, based films like. Uh, one other I can think of in the horror genre is called Blood Quantum. Highly recommended to your audience. It's great, but there just are not a lot, you know. And and it's 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 unfair to their culture. It's you know it's just it's unfair to those of us who want to see more of that culture in film and representation with it. And so like yeah, that's the other thing is I'm and I'm done with fucking big white dudes battling predators. All right, like yeah. and lots further of other in the world. <laughs> and further yeah, further to that point, because, you know, I think I mentioned at the top, we have like Vinland saga and a scene in Assassin's Creed Valhalla that goes to Vinland and, and has indigenous people. And that's about it. Uh, I do want more of it. Mm. I don't want it coming from people who, who are us, me oh, specifically, yeah, for, for sure. Find yeah. the indigenous creators to do it because part of why this is so challenging and why we're like, where is it is because like, they weren't given the opportunity to make these right so like we don't yeah yeah that's why really, i'm like i i get like it's always the chicken or the egg but like i i'm glad that trackenberg did this uh mm-hmm. hopefully some of the folks that he had on this the cast and crew i mean on the crew were of that so that that they can learn enough that they maybe they can go do a, a short film or well, a we can try to yeah. build that that round up uh right and we haven't really talked about her too much amber's an effing star like i, oh, I want yeah. her from now on give her everything Fuck yeah. I, I am so glad that she made every fucking sexist dude bro cry over how much she kicked ass. You know? I mean, and we we'll really did it this time. We spent half, the, I don't want to harp on it too much because I just disagree no. with those people and I don't want to give them a platform accidentally. Very, 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 uh, yeah. But like, we did it this time. We, we, we watched her train and we plan spent, for 45, 45 minutes. minutes of her training listen, like, listen, I, I it's want almost this- like it's just about bigotry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you you know it could be, could be. I, um, I don't know. <laughs> listen, I want the term Mary Mary Sue scrapped from oh, yeah. our existence. Yeah. I want it burned. I want the ashes thrown into the fucking sea, and I want to never hear that term ever again. You know, I cannot tell you what the term for that is on a male perspective. You know, like yeah. I don't even know what it is because most of the <laughs> men are Mary Sue's men. <laughs> right. Well, it's just like. I mean, it just, oh my God, seeing that blew my mind. She fucking trains and she she has been training since a child. Mm-hmm. She's an indigenous yeah. woman 300 it's... years ago. They're fucking hunters, hunters by nature. Right. Right. <laughs> right, exactly. She is more of a hunter than Dutch ever was. Yeah. <laughs> I just, yeah, it, it's ridiculous. But like I hope- said, uh, don't like a platform, but it's ridiculous. I know, but it, it, yeah, it's crazy. And I knew it was coming and I saw it so much this morning. It was just like, oh my God, I got it every day with it. Right. Um, like you're you're allowed to dislike prey, but the second you tell me it's because she's a Mary Sue or oh, something. Oh, it's pretty good. This here. might be up there with, if you don't like it, I'm like, you're really gonna have to you're... sell me on why you don't like it. You're really gonna <laughs> right. have to work hard. Yeah. Uh, I do hope, and then I'll let us get out of here. I, I do hope a lot of the other franchises we mentioned, particularly Alien, uh, learns all the right lessons from this because I know that FX show is coming and boy, has this movie respar. I want all of it. I want all of it back. I want all of my 80s, 90s franchises back now and I want them all to be amazing again. RoboCop, Alien, Predator, all of it. All, back to all of it. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. but, I w- but I was like, you know, though, with Alien, I think we got to kind of figure out how we're doing it with Predator because I don't need to watch a, a Space Marines track one down in a ship anymore. I've done that but- every time. 
Listen, I still think, as much as people would disagree with me, I still think Alien 3 had it right. All right? I you love know, Alien go, 3, man. You, you and I agree on this movie. It's great. Okay, well, well, good. You, you go back to a single alien, and you got a bunch of characters who have no fucking weapons whatsoever, and you spend the entire movie thinking, how the hell are they going to kill this alien? And then when they do, it's great. You know, like... That's the key. No one, no one else is James Cameron. All right, like it's really tough. It's really tough to do. It's really tough to do Aliens twice. You know. Yeah. If and I we're, we're if I ever get to yet. direct a franchise that James Cameron was a part of, that's the first thing. I'm gonna, every interview, I'm going to be like, "Well, look, nobody's James Cameron." I'm glad right. we got that out of the way. Right. <laughs> we we did Aliens. You ain't ever going to top that. All right. Never come, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, go you're back yeah. Six and do that. No, we uh we nailed it. We made a masterpiece with Alien, and then James Cameron took a hard left and did another masterpiece. <laughs> and it's like, well, you can't really do Can't another do hard left. You're right back where you were. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then you're back at the ship with one alien. Right. Uh, no, yeah. I was like, I hope, I just want to see all of it because th- th- these properties are all still there and bring them all back. This has shown me that we can breathe life back into them. I've been like, put them away for years now. Now I'm like, bring, it's time. They've been gone for years. Bring them. Bring them to me. Where is my new yes. RoboCop? Bring <laughs> yes. it to me. <laughs> Uh, that's all I've got, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching, if you are watching. And uh, if you haven't, watch Prey, because it's very good. And if you also haven't, you should be listening to the Killer Horror Podcast, the Killer Horror Cast, Matt's horror show and his Killer Horror Critics sites, where he is reviewing countless, endless horror movies, ones that I've never even heard of, uh, and always has great in-depth discussions of what's going on, why the genre is so good, and why it has, will outlive all of us. Um, probably. <laughs> I mean, it will. I, I, hope. I, I hope so, at least. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe. Uh, Terrence, of course, says all of our Hollywood already did it channel on YouTube where he has his trailer reactions and his show reviews. And uh, we also have our other podcast that's about to start up again the Marvel pair ups coming up on a She Hulk season where we'll be pairing up the Disney Plus show She Hulk with the history of satirizing law. If you don't know that podcast, we always do a history of a film or television genre that pairs up with whatever that show is because everyone's theorizing about the multiverse and I want to talk about old movies. So I'm gonna, um, so enjoy that. I'm at, as always, Blake, Terrence is at Terrence Tatum. Matt is at Killer Horror Critic. I should have looked that up. Uh, Killer Critics on Twitter. There it is. Uh, And we'll see y'all next time because the summer is over and the reboots have ended apparently (laughs) (laughs) until they're back in the fall with Halloween and black Panther and Shazam and black Adam and avatar two. Woo. (laughs) Strap in. (laughs) Oh my God. Later.